You're listening to Metal Matters, the official weekly Gimme Metal podcast. Good day, everyone. It's that time of the week again for another episode of Metal Matters. I've got uh, my co-host on board, Ralph Schmidt, who you might, might have heard recently. We had a whole episode uh, dedicated to him a couple of weeks ago. So, Ralph, how are you doing? I'm fine, Mike. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well under the overarching uh, circumstances and environment that the world seems to be going through right now. I feel like I'm doing okay. Well, that's good to hear. Same here. It's uh... <laughs> So this week... We're going to dive into a subgenre, or actually, you could even say it's more of a micro genre because it's such yeah. a specific slice of extreme music that we're going to be talking about. And uh, what I'm, we're going to be talking about Funeral Doom, which is a genre of music that I do not consider myself to be knowledgeable in. But in light of some of the more recent episodes, we had Godin, we had two Godin episodes, and uh, talking to Steph Flam and you know, all these other people, I've really d- made a deep dive into this genre and I'm quite fascinated by it. So that's why I'm enlisting Ralph, who is quite a bit more knowledgeable on this subject. And my, uh, my objective is twofold. I would like to learn more about it. And I'd also like to, you know, open a discussion about these important bands, which sometimes mm-hmm. get overlooked. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, when when you, when you talk about Garden, and I mean, you you covered his old band, which was the origin of this whole thing. With uh, like when when Winters Into Darkness came out in 1990, that was kind of like the starting point. Like it's definitely not a funeral doom record, but it's I think it's something they call like before that record, death metal mostly was fast, or at least faster. Yeah. And and they incorporated like this slow meandering sound. This just this wall that's just like this truck that runs you over in a slow pace, like more like a tank maybe. And I think that gave birth to the genre of death doom, which was yeah, well, pretty much slow speed death metal. And from that, another derivation then later on saw funeral doom. And yeah, it's like. It's, a, as you said, a very specific genre with, um, I think you can compare it almost from, from like how special it is and how many people actually just like it. It's the same with Dungeon Synth. It's kind of the same thing where people are either like they're fans or they cringe about it. And um, I mean, you can like Dungeon Synth is a really absurd kind of genre. I also like some of that stuff, but I mean, that's for everybody to decide. But I think Funeral Doom in its essence should be like, I think more people should be into it because it crosses so many other genres. And I think like some Gothic people that like metal or also like, I don't know um, what, what else comes to mind. Like it's like some regular people that like black metal and they can find something is because the atmosphere is kind of like the same as in Gothic or in black metal to some parts. I agree. But first, before we talk about that, 
I, I never even heard of dungeon synth. What what is that? I never, that's like a brand new term oh. for me. It is. Oh yeah. man, you're yeah. going, hey, you're going showing, to love this. I'm being I'm being <laughs> honest here. Being honest. Yeah. That's that's okay. Uh, you know Mortise? Does yeah. that name sing a bell? So that oh, old yeah, guy that yeah he he used to be an emperor, and when he left emperor, he started doing music which is called dungeon synth it's pretty much it's just like a guy with his casio keyboard imitating the sounds of a castlevania video game i don't know if you ever played video games or if you're like a fan of that but if yeah. you like played these old nintendo games so it's like midi sounds on a synth and dungeon synth is like i think pretty much he invented this whole genre which is like medieval music played through a keyboard and it's just it's instrumental most of the times, and they um, yeah well it's 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 really just the same as listening to um, the very dark like video game soundtracks, and this became a whole genre, and they like it has been laughed at a bunch, and I mean Mortis like he did some ridiculous album covers and this costume in, in general, but he's still around and he still does that. And Dungeon Synth became popular again a few years ago. And there's this guy from the from the Netherlands, and he's going by the name of Old Tower, and he's on profound lore now. And he's like he's selling large amounts. And there's just this one guy on stage in corpse paint with daggers, and there are like these torches, and he's just playing some melodies on his keyboard. Yeah, that's Dungeon Synth. Now it's it's funny that you mention that because similar to uh, Funeral Doom. Uh, I end up listening to these things completely unaware that I'm actually listening to this genre, which is kind of how yeah. I backed into uh, Funeral Doom. Because, yes. of course, I've listened to Mortise. I have like a bunch of his records, uh, CDs, like, you know, over the years I've accumulated them. He also, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he had a project called Vond, too. Yep. And I, I have like one of those records, too. So, yes. And then with Funeral Doom, just uh, you know, being a uh, fan and uh, supporter of extreme music, I've I've bought several records, nam namely Evoking, you know, November's Doom, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I would say My Dying Bride possibly might roughly yeah. fall into that, without knowing that I was buying Funeral Doom records, and then I realized there's a whole genre out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I think that 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 goes for a lot of people. The same thing. It's just like. I, I don't know, man. I, I, we all like grew up in, in the time of like print magazines and I still treasure print magazines a whole lot, but like with print magazines, the, like the more they try to, I don't know, get sponsoring to like get the magazines bigger, they sold ads and then they did more reviews and in general with music reviews, there's always the need for, uh, for clusters. So you need names for genres to put bands into, and bands mostly say, oh, no, I don't fit that genre, but it's just like this ongoing discussion. I mean, we had this a bunch. People say Ulfa is not a black metal band. It's like, well, why not? Because you don't look like a black metal band. Well, okay, if that's the case. Um, then I, I, I assume, like, we talked about Anodyne being compared to Breach. It's like, yeah, it's not the same, but it's Chaos Core, and it's like, ugh. So people are super creative when it comes to like branding these these clusters for a specific sound, and yeah, and funeral doom is one of these things. 
But I have to say, when it comes to this, I think the the name they gave this genre is very accurate and very fitting for the sound it has. I, I totally agree. And uh, I think that maybe, aside from Winter, who obviously predated a lot of these bands, and, um, you know, they, they were definitely the sore thumb in a genre in, in the scene that they played in. I mean, in around New York, they were playing, like, a lot of these, like, crust shows and, you know, crust punk and, you know, DIY, like, ABC No Real, ABC No Rio style shows. Yeah. Um, you know, bands like that were on, like, you know, like, Slap a Ham and stuff like that. And uh, they're not really that, that thing. They're a completely different thing. Yes. And inadvertently, that influence reached... I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I think it reached across the Atlantic Ocean and possibly found a bunch of young men that formed a band called Funeral in Norway. Yes. And I think that generally that may be considered the uh, the first actual funeral doom band called Funeral. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's pretty hard to, like... I mean, like when you read some articles about this genre, it's it's hard to pinpoint like who was the first band to do that. But definitely your case for Funeral speaks for itself. And I mean, you, you named My Dying Bride and My Dying Bride definitely was also like Winter was like also this sore thumb thing you said yeah it's like in the death metal scene which was pretty restricted by that time at some like there were bands that did something different with winter having this more nasty kind of almost sludgy sound and being more vicious in their approach and then bands like anathema or my dying bride going like a different direction having this well almost grandiose orchestral feeling with with misery in it and incorporating strings synths and organs and i think like all these things came together in this genre and um i mean one of the first or probably like one of the bands that was disembowelment from australia they released the like dusk in 91 that was but i think to, to me that is still a lot of death metalists in there. I think for me, the first one, if I like check all these records that I consider truly this genre is Thero Gothons uh, from the heavens from 94. They're a Finnish band and they, they have exactly, it's pretty much the blueprint with them and skepticism. And they pretty much like, this is how this genre is defined. So, how would you describe the overall sound of this genre? Like, what is what is what do you think are the traits? I would say that the overall scope of the music is a lot more ambitious in some ways than um, you know. We, we go, but let's go back to Winter real quick because they yeah. they weren't thinking in the terms of like, all right, let's let's create a genre. They were like way no. in, yeah. way into like Hellhammer and Celtic Frost and. And, you know, that kind of like vibe, maybe like side two of my war by Black Flag. And, you know, they were definitely coming from that side of things, yep. like kind of like an urban like vibe, I guess, in some ways. Um, but with uh, the starting with Funeral, there became like a larger scope of what 
their goal might have been to accomplish like with arrangements of the songs uh instrumentation and like an overall depressing mood i mean and that i think generally uh can uh, and you know obviously a slow tempo and uh yes yeah i think that loosely kind of would define if i was to say well describe funeral doom i think that would be the description i would give yeah I, I agree. I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's reduced and bombastic at the same time in a way. Yeah. It's it, it's very slow. I think atmosphere comes above all else. You've got like mostly like growling vocals in in a mix with like some clean vocals, and they're like mixed way in the back. And I think like I I looked up the word dirge, and I think that's like it's the metal version of dirges. Yeah. And, and I mean, the topics are mostly like depression or I don't know, like suicide, misanthropic agendas and things. And it's, it's so special in its sound and in it's the way it's, it's being written and what it's about that it's the niche within a niche. And yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you take, I, when I thought about like how to describe all of this, I, I thought back to that Woe tour that I talked about the other podcast when Ulta and Woe went on tour. Yeah. And I, I remember that Chris was driving and Lev was sitting shotgun and I was sleeping in the back of the van and all of a sudden there was like this super heavy sounding record and it sounded like it was like downtuned guitars and was pummeling and I'm like, oh my God, this is totally up my alley. And it's like, okay, well, I... I don't know. I know this riff and I even know the fucking lyrics. Why is the vocalist so weird? Until I figured out after after like two minutes, it was uh, Master of Puppets down to 33 instead of 45. So it was, we were listening to a YouTube video where they took like Master of Puppets and slowed it down. Wow. And it was, yeah, and it's like, and we actually listened to the whole record and it's just so fucking good. It's just the vocals sound a bit off, but it's, if it, if it's like this is the I I love downtuned guitars. I've always been a fan of that and like this heavy dark sound. And I think if you took the Cure's Faith or Pornography and would slow that down and make it a bit more metal, then you would have like what Funeral Doom sounds like. I think that's a yeah, it's pretty pretty apt actually. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question about <clears throat> excuse me the um. All right, Chris was driving the van, okay? Yes. And were you guys in Europe? Yep. Okay. What would happen if you guys got pulled over and uh, Chris had did not have a European if issued license? But he had. That's what we <gasps> what we checked. Yeah, that's what we checked beforehand. Otherwise, he wouldn't. We wouldn't have let him drive. Oh man, that's possible, huh? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It's like I um, like he was always keen on driving. Like the others in the band, they were always like, "Ah, oh, no." And I mean, we're like also we're all like road warriors. We all like to drive a lot. It's not a problem. But it was just this part, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I want to drive it." Like, but we were, I think, going through, I I don't know, from Prague somewhere into like even more even more eastern and uh so we're like okay fuck it i mean it's like an american driving a van which is registered in austria which belongs to an italian with a german band and an american band and we're driving through the eastern part of europe well (laughs) it could could get any better so yeah interesting i know this has got nothing to do with funeral doom but 
what uh, is, there, is the procedure, like, how do you do that? Because I, I actually think um, I'd be interested in getting a European driving license. I don't know. Like, I, I think you can, you, <laughs> my, my license just in general, like I can tell you the other way around. Like when I was in the States with, with Danny for our honeymoon, um, you just like go to like the department here. I don't know, like the, the, I don't know, shit, the city, city town hall. And there's like, you can apply and you say like, I want to have an international driver's license. So they check that you're licensed, you have your driver's license for longer than a year or something, and then they, they can tell you what papers you have, like what form you have to fill in, and then you get an additional, like I have an additional driver's license, which is just like one piece of paper, a green one with a photo, and an official stamp, which allows me to drive a car in the States. So I guess it's just the other way around. So you say, I want to drive a car in Europe, um, and I, I mean, for for me, it's like I we all drive stick shift here yeah. and you guys mostly have automatics, but like I, I know how to operate an automatic car, which is different. Like if you come back and you have to drive a stick shift, I think that's more complicated, but like most rental companies and also the van that we had, had a, on, it was an automatic car. So it wasn't a big issue to drive this car. So in other words, uh, <clears throat> if I want to do this, <clears throat> I just show up with my cowboy hat and, uh, I go, <laughs> I got, I, I, it's like, all right, look here. I, I, I'm going to drive in, in Europe. Give me a, uh, a form that say, says it's okay. That's what I should do then. All right. I, I, I think that's the way it works, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you're American. Maybe you just uh, like, you take a shotgun and go to the plane and just cap, <laughs> capture a car. <laughs> all right. All you right. could, you could, you could wear, wear a bull's hat and storm, storm the German government's town hall or something. <laughs> All right, back back to our uh, our regularly scheduled program. That was a, <laughs> a quick aside about driving in Europe. Yeah, it's uh, it's even more funny when you consider the music we talk about, which is so sincere and being miserable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were. I think we were talking about like the niche within a niche and how it sounds. Yeah. It's a, I found a cool quote that I want to give out real quick. It's like from a website. It has an interesting article about the, the miserable world of funeral doom. The glorious and miserable world of funeral doom. That's a pretty good catchphrase. Um, I think here it says, the atmosphere is the stuff of life. And whatever rifts exist are there to mark the difference of passing, the a different, indifferent passing of time. This ensures that the listener's ear is drawn to every individual note and uh, as if it's an essential brick in the architecture. And I think that's t pretty much that, that nails it because it's so slow and it has these double leads and you have keyboards. And I mean, between one snare hit and the next snare hit could be like close to 30 seconds sometimes. Um, there's room that you can hear every individual note in full. It's not like black metal where everything like accumulates together because it's so fast. And yeah, it's pretty much, if you take regular metal, and you like increase the speed, you get like grindcore or black metal. And if you like decrease the speed, you get doom. And if you then even decrease it even more, you go to funeral doom. One of the cooler things I, I like about it is the use of keyboards and strings too. Yes, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that too. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's also what what got me. Yeah, and um, I forgot. Yeah, definitely most of this most of these bands have those uh, guitar harmonies in there too. Yeah, which I really enjoy. 
Yeah, it, it like when when I found out about this music, I mean, I I thought actually thought about like we could we could run down the history of slow motion music we like because like we both I mean you talked with Randy about how you discovered Black Sabbath back then and all of a sudden it's like wow how does this guitar sound and like what are they doing different and like we all have these bands that at some point we're like okay wow like going through noise rock and all these bands is like, okay, this is downtuned. And I remember, for example, when you talked about Green River and all these grunge bands. And I remember like getting uh, Super Unknown by Soundgarden. And I was so impressed by how heavy the guitars are. And then the the successor, um, uh, no, no, wait, let, let me correct that. Super Unknown uh, is the, no, that was the hit record. I, the, the one before that, Bad Motor Bad So here we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was, I was big fan, still am of Bad Motorfinger. Then they released Super Unknown, which is like more of a like a rock record in a way. But they had this song Fourth of July on there, and I, I think that was like I don't know what the idea behind that song was, but it's down to to like H on a regular guitar. So like every like the bass and the guitar just sounds like the the strings are just wobbling, and. I don't know, like I heard this, I'm like, this is the, the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's why is it so fucking deep? And then later on, bands like Korn came on and had like these seven string guitars and they were always corny, but it sounded great. And I just remember that like bands like Paradise Lost and with, with Gothic and Shapes of God, uh, Shades of God and Asphyx the Wreck, burning uh, winters into darkness and also like 93 i discovered bloody kisses by typo negative and they all had this slower sound very downtuned and especially typo negative they they kind of fit the same vibe as funeral do it's just way more accessible yeah i've often i've always felt that way i felt like they're kind of adjacent to that style because they were you know i mean not only were they incredibly successful, they also injected a very generous amount of humor into the music, which is always absent from legit strict funeral doom. Yes, yes. But like from the overall aesthetic of them, like like especially if you take the Bloody Kisses record, the band pictures, the general, the way they set up everything, the, the sound, a lot of reverb, you've got strings, you've got these bombastic parts, you've got parts that are super slow and heavy. Uh, also, like sometimes you increase like a faster part. And I think that's also what Funeral Doom does, but just way, way slower. And you have like, of course, not a singer like Pete Steele. But I think if you like, if you're a fan of black metal and you're also into type of negative, some of these funeral doom bands might be way up your alley. Actually, uh, to kind of close the circle on that, um, the band Evoken, which is yes. uh, I've been a fan of that band for decades, actually. Uh, great, great band, yeah. You know, and and I've gotten to know John Paradiso uh, well over the years, and um, yeah. He actually mentions Typo Negative as an inspiration for, for some of Evoken's music. Yeah, I totally see that. When you go back and listen, there's um, you know, the use of synths, but there's also some of his vocal stuff, because, I mean, it's not all uh, brutal vocals with Evoken. Sometimes there's these uh, more subtle uh, sung passages in the songs that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is... Uh, when John was talking about how Pete Steele was an influence, I can see it manifesting in some of these tracks. Yeah. 
Uh, totally like if it was like for a bunch of these bands i assume that they're big fans of all like they all know winter they all love typo negative and it's just like i think it's the way they balance all these influences that makes all these bands kind of indifferent like i mean you can say like okay this is the general sound but if you if you take like especially like some of the contemporary bands again there will be like a niche within a niche because some of the funeral doom stuff merged like fused with classic doom so the vocals tend to have like some growling but more like orchestral vocals on the other hand also i think the influence of like stuff like burzum's philosophy like playing black metal in a slow speed You've also got like blends of black metal that go into funeral doom. So you've got funeral doom bands with like these screeching vocals and that are super slow and have the same texture of black metal, just like with heavier guitars. And but the overall feeling is the same. It's like it's also music that you can listen to when you're in a foggy forest. Actually, a perfect example of the crossover between funeral doom and black metal is. Uh... Bethlehem's dark metal record. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, German bands. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Bethlehem, but that's that's the one probably I would choose if I would go to their catalog. Yeah, you know that's my favorite. It's it's not everyone's favorite, but that one I think because of the um, to me it, it has more of that Celtic Frost like doom funeral doom vibe to it, and that's what initially attracted me to that record. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like Celtic Frost, pretty much if you like want to have like a family tree of everything and you go back, I think Celtic Frost is the beginning again to to also to this genre. Yeah. It's insane how how important that band is. Yeah. So it's also like insane how good they were. <laughs> it's like it's just unbelievable if you put that stuff on and you think like. This could have been made like last year and it will still hold up. It's just, it's quintessential, yeah. Yeah. Have you checked out that uh, that live, um, well, there's a, a, a package that you can get with an LP and a DVD of their performance at Roadburn. It was a Triptychon uh, Hellhammer Orchestra performance. Uh, well, why would I need it when I was there? You were there? Oh, Jesus. You really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have it, but it was there, yeah. Oh, man. I, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to venture out into the world, and um, I went over to uh, Vintage Vinyl over here in New Jersey, and mm. they, they had that. And it was, you know, it was a little pricey, but I, I knew that it would be worth it. So I got the vinyl. There's a book with it. There's, like, this DVD. And the DVD, I was, like, riveted the whole time. I was, like, watching this uh, performance. And yep. all, And I guess... The why I'm bringing that up is that to me seems like almost an epitome of what we're discussing. Slow, yeah. all these different instruments. You got like cellos, percussion, um, yep. you know, orchestral arrangements, female vocals, you know, Tom Gabriel Fisher's vocals, down tuned guitars. And it's like this piece of music that is just, it's almost like one long piece, you know? Yeah, and in some ways, that might be the end point of the evolution of this entire genre. Would be that particular performance, in my opinion. You know, yes, yeah. like which which would yeah, which would make it go full circle because they started it and they could end it. Yeah, 
How was that live, man? I can't even imagine how that was. Bombastic. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's the perfect setting. It was really loud and uh, it was just impressive to see that. And just, man, you know all these songs and uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I was completely blown away by that. And uh, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, how, like, wh where do you, where do you, where would you start? What would be step one to do something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you mean with that, you saw how it could go. And if you see, watch S&M by Metallica, you can see, like, if it goes wrong. And it's just, it's just like, uh, it's like, a, it's a do it 100% or fail. But it's, I mean, there's like a bunch of bands where I think like if they would set up something like this, um, it could have could be incredible. And that's like one of the worst aspects about last year was, I mean, we talked about my favorite band, New Model Army, a bunch. And I mean, they, they came from the post-punk scene and like over the years, they've got like some more bombastic songs also with strings and shit like this. And since it was their 40th anniversary last year, they had a plan to play Berlin. And like two days, they would play the Temple Dome, which is like a gigantic venue, an open air venue. And they were supposed to play with a complex string orchestra, like all the bombastic songs. And then like two days later, they would have played the SO36, which is like one of the punk spots in Berlin. And they would have played just like a post-punk set with all their fast old songs. And like I was... Oh, I was going crazy, like, oh, man, this will be so good, and that got canceled, too. And that's, like, also a band where I think, like, oh, man, yeah, like, seeing that live with all the strings and, a, and an orchestra and, and like, a sing, people singing in the background could be amazing. And, yeah, if, if you listen to, like, some of the Funeral Doom stuff, you, you know, like, this, they can never do this in a live setting because they would need, like, a whole orchestra or, like, a, a church organ or something like this. And which is okay. I mean, some of these bands, they just want to make the music so that they're out there and you can listen to them. Same goes with like some of the black metal stuff. But it would be cool to see some of that live. And I mean, I saw some Funeral Doom bands live and it's like hit or miss. It's like some bands are unbelievably live. I saw Mournful Congregation when I was in the States the last time. That was breathtaking. And... um I mean, I, I, I won't name names of horrible bands that I saw, but it's also like sometimes you're just like, okay, wow. So they, they've got their like medieval clothing game together, and <laughs> but all the rest was terrible. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's not my, my thing. Yeah. Have you seen any bands in that genre life? Like Evoken, I guess. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Evoken a few times, actually. Um... You know, they they were they're always great live, uh, but I haven't actually seen any of these other bands. That's like probably the only traditional or you know classic funeral doom band I've seen. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I've seen yeah. Triptychon, but they're you know they're they're not funeral doom, but you know. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just like uh, I I think we're always like it's it's so hard to like this key key branch of this genre is so specific that. Yeah, it's 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 like I saw I saw more for a congregation on the um, migration fest, so the label fest of um, Twenty Bucks Spin and Gilead Media, where I like I drove out there with uh, Yellow Eyes because they played there as well, and they had like a bunch of bands. I mean, Twenty Bucks Spin has 
some amazing funeral doom bands, newer bands, which is a topic I want to go into maybe next. Um, sure. So some some contemporaries that people should check out. And they had Mournful Congregation, and I knew them, and I have like a bunch of their tapes and one record, and I was like, okay, let's check this out. And it was like they look completely different because they were like full-on metal people, and it's just it was crushing and it was so bombastic. They had a great sound. And of course they had like synth and it was just the atmosphere was right because that like the venue in Pittsburgh is like an old church. So it was just a great setting for this kind of show. Actually, let me add one quick thing. I, um, I actually have seen winter a couple times too. So, you know, they're, Oh man. Yeah. I saw them. Uh, the most recent time was, when they played uh, Maryland Death Festival, it was the same uh, mm-hmm. same day that uh, Tombs played. It was a, the stage was like Neurosis, Tombs, uh, you know, um, Winter. You know, Man, what a what a lineup! Yeah. That, that was with the synth, the synths. Uh, you know, Tony Panisi was playing synths, and it was amazing. It was great. It was like uh, yeah. So so uh, you know, unfortunately, I think Winter is. Based on what I've discussed with with Stefan and Tony, I don't know if they're going to be doing any more stuff any you know again. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I listened to that episode as well. It's crazy with this hearing and everything. It's yeah. like uh, one of the one of the things that I worry about the most. It's just like losing my my hearing at some point because I never I don't know like if when you play live or rehearse, do you have like earpieces that you use or. I, I uh, I'm I'm fifty fifty with that. Like I know that I probably should be wearing uh, hearing protection all the time, but I don't always wear it. And I carry them around with me. Like I have on my keychain, I have these uh, you know high end uh, hearing protection. But I I have to train myself to automatically put them in. So yeah, same here. It's just like I use them like when I go to like when I saw Swans play or like if I saw Sun play, they come in handy. But like in general, I don't know, like whenever we rehearse or play live, it just doesn't feel the same way. And just like I, I leave them out then. Yeah, I think uh, practice is probably where the most damage is done, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty likely, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, like I just had, I talked to a friend and like he, uh, he has like long time effects of COVID now and he lost his taste. And uh, he still doesn't have it. And it's just like after losing your taste, your smell, your hearing must be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I can't even imagine how horrible that would be. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, when we would lose our hearing, we could like abandon like podcasts and like in general, I know life, like music is your life essence as, as much as it is mine would be terrible. Yeah. So yeah, maybe should we should we go to like some uh, suggestions for the people listening? Um, yeah, to like, something they they might enjoy. Well, well, you first you mentioned some newer newer bands that are keeping the, the genre progressing. So let's talk about yes. some new stuff, and then maybe come up with just like a a listening list for everyone out there who's interested, yeah. Incl- including myself, because yeah. like I said, I only I'm a I'm a total dilettante when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so uh, newer bands. I think, like, if we want to talk about newer bands, like, like I said, I think 
when it comes to interesting labels in this genre, I think 20 bucks been, of course, again, like I'm, I always seem to be drawn to the American side of things. There are German funeral doom bands. People enjoy a whole lot. I don't necessarily do that that much, but like the American side of things, it's what always gets me. And I mean, if we want to start out very fresh, in 2020, there was a record called Stygian by a band called Atramentum. Um, they're from the States. I don't know where exactly they come from, but it's like, uh, it's, it's also based around like a fantasy novel. I don't want to say it's based around uh, Lord of the Rings, but it's something familiar. And it's like connected to two other records of other bands that they're involved with. But Atramentum is pretty much the quintessence of what modern funeral doom could sound like. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they, they're great. I think what also falls under that moniker, which is pretty much one of the most popular bands in heavy music overall, is the band Bell Witch. And I, huh. I assume you know them. I, because I, they, know, they c- I know the band. I don't think I've ever listened to them, though. Yeah, they've they've grown. That's also one of these Roadburn bands. They've, I mean, they've been popular, and then they played Roadburn, and ever since that, everybody's all over them. And they're they're an amazing band. It's mine. It's just a, a like a, a guy with a six string bass who's doing vocals and a drummer, but the drummer's also playing synths with his feet, and uh, it's they have like they released that record Mirror Reaper. And it's just like one long song, I think about 70 minutes. And it's also, again, which what something that comes up on this podcast a lot is program length. And Funeral Doom takes time. So that's it's not a genre where you can say like, oh, I will skip to my favorite track right now. <laughs> it's uh, So yeah, you need some time to listen to this kind of music. And mostly these records work best if they... Um, if they are listened to, like, if you listen to them front to back. And Atromentum Stygian is one of these records. And Bell Witch, Mirror Reaper, um, people have mixed opinions about them, but I think they're a good band. They were great life. They've done a bunch of shit ever since then, so I'm not so much into that. But, like, they're just, like, the people in the band, super nice guys and great life band. So, yeah, popular. Um I think something you would enjoy too very much because, I mean, as I said, sometimes Funeral Doom blends into black metal as well. I don't know. Have you ever heard the name Nort? N-O-R-T-T? I have. I just assume they were European though. Are they European? They are actually European. They're like the, uh, I know I'm jumping a bit back and forth here, but um, yeah, he's he's like a Scandinavian guy. He's a one-man band, and he's like good friends with Xaster, and they also did a split together. And um, it's pretty much if you, if you, if you imagine Xaster from the way it sounds with the topics it deals with, just with like very down-tuned guitars, then you have Nord. And um, the record Galgenfrist is probably one of my favorite depressive funeral doom black metal whatever records. And it's like he's released a bunch of shit, but that one record is outstanding. 
it's really like if you're in a good mood and you think like, wow, this will be a great day today, <laughs> put that on and it will definitely be not the best day you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I said, glory in misery. That's like uh, maybe the tagline for this genre. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Church. But it's without the youths. It's C H R C H, and they released a record called "Light Will Consume Us All." Two tracks have violence, a female singer, very slow build-up to the songs, very big middle parts, very heavy. Um, also, great band. I saw them Leipzig at Doom over Leipzig. They toured here. There was like this one year where we had. This is more hell and church touring, which are like the peak of this branch right now, because um, it's some of these bands grown immensely popular, like Bellwitch did, but they are not in the traditional style of like in the all oh, like almost orthodox kind of sense of this genre, where they have like this. They're all down tuned. They all play slow. But they've got like different kind of melodic aspect to it. And that's like bands that I maybe would suggest for people to listen to too. So there's this band called Hell. And they are they're like they became something like a hipster band for a while. Um, but people like it's it's well deserved that they got popular. Um, it's more in the vein, like if you if you would play Funeral Doom through the eyes of I Hate God or Crowbar. Oh, okay. That, right. that's that's more like this. It's um they've got a, like they they released a bunch of EPs as tapes and they've got the the Doray stuff like in their artworks as a like a red line connecting all these records. So there were these EPs Hell One, Hell Two, and Hell Three, where especially Hell Three, which is two songs about thirty something minutes, is the pinnacle when it comes to this genre and they're. Like, they're just a fucking great live band. And um, the drummer in that band is also running his own band called Mismore. And Mismore is immensely popular right now. Have you heard that name? I guess you have. Yeah, that's another name. That guy also is in another band, I think, too, right? Uh, pretty likely, yeah. I um, Let me think. I mean, he's connected to... Um, I mean, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle is is married to Evan yeah, of uh, Jay Jail. Yep. Yes, and and I think Emma Emma's sister is the girlfriend of the guy in Mismore. So he he's also connected to this whole um, to this whole label aspect of these bands. And Emma promoted quite like Mismore quite a bunch, and I think they did something together too. And again, like Hell Mismore too, super down tuned. Very melodic, has like some screeching vocals, some really growling vocals, but they also incorporate like mid-tempo blast beats at some point, which I really like, and Church does this too. So you have like a long, slow song, which like pummels into like a blast beat at some point, like not super hyper blast, but it's just like, it, it works from the atmosphere. And I think if you like come from a black metal background and you like black metal you like doom you like gothic and like these bands maybe blend it the best because i think stuff like vulcan or mournful congregation it's it's 
pretty difficult to get into that kind of stuff if you not like if you don't like classic doom like candle mass or or these kind of bands but if you like more from the side of okay like black metal i maybe like neurosis and also like corrupted graves at sea these kind of bands then church hell mismore they would be way up your alley nort yeah right on man that stuff like like i said i've heard a lot of the names and um yeah you know, much to my chagrin, I, uh, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with a lot of this stuff. So it's good that we're talking about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's the idea of this podcast. So I was, at first I was like, okay, let's do like a funeral doom episode. I'm like, okay, are we actually going to be able to fill like 60 minutes with this? But I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, because I don't know about half of this stuff, which I think is great. You know, it's cool. You know? Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's like, there's been a development. I mean, We've all been there. I mean, you especially with Anodyne in the days of Escape Artist Records when Hydra had just got big and stuff. There was this popularity with bands like Neurosis and Isis all of a sudden. And we had like all these epigones trying to copy that sound. And then I think Doom kind of went back to like the niche that it was. And... um other stuff got popular, black metal got popular, but like with the popularity in black metal, some bands also started, okay, we're like, we want to have this sound more like death metal in a way. Yeah. And um, I mean, also like this, the, the, the mixture, like the difference between death doom and funeral doom is also so, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the question, is it extreme doom or is it restrained death metal? It's it's like this it, the 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 thin there's the thin linen between these genres, and I mean one name that you probably heard is uh, Spectral Voice. Yes. They're I mean they're a straight up death metal band, but they pretty much they do the same thing that Winter did. So they're like really slow, super down tuned. And if you like into Funeral Doom, I think Spectral Voice is something that people would really like. One of my favorite bands in the heavy genre of the last years is the band Grave Miasma from the UK. And they're like a straight up death metal band, but also their sound is drenched in reverb. They've got pictures taken on a graveyard and you just think like, okay, that's the only way where this music can come from. And if you, if you like bands like Spectral Voice or Grave Miasma, also try some of these funeral doom bands. They might be something for you. Actually, Grave Miasma, it's like I, I've been a huge fan of those guys for years. And there's a whole, there's like that whole other branch of death metal that's like Grave Miasma, Abyssal, um, you know, yeah. I, would, I would say even like Impetuous Ritual. Uh, death Congregation. Dead Congregation that are like super atmospheric, dark, yep. you know, death metal. Vastum, that's another band that I throw in that yep. category. Yeah. But with like this very dark evil sound that you know they, yeah they have like a cult imagery and all this like you know very morbid vibes to it that's yeah i love that's, all that that's stuff a, yeah yeah and that's that's exactly where i come from too i mean we both share the love for heavy music and for for horror movies and i think that's just the perfect combination of all that it's got like the the atmosphere of an omen movie it's got the same theatrics, you know, this dark image. And if these people take pictures on a graveyard, it's actually like, yeah, that 
that that's where it belongs. And it's just like, I mean, of course, we, uh, I mean, we all love Entombed and Dismember and all these iconic like photos. But for me back then, when I listened to Incantations Onward to Golgotha, when that came out, I'm like, okay, so now we're talking. So this is this is like really straight up death metal. And that's the same thing. I was never a fan of bands like Candlemas or stuff like this. It was just like the same thing I had with Iron Maiden, Judas Priest when I was younger. It's like they have these images, but like the music doesn't sound the way it looks. I mean, now I can appreciate Judas Priest and, and bands like this or like Candlemas. But I like when I was younger, I'm like, this looks like a horror movie and it doesn't sound like it. And then these bands come out, come out and you're like, oh my God. And that's what happened. Like I was, I lost interest in death metal for a while. I mean, there was a band here and there I liked, but when Grave Miasma appeared on the scene and especially when they released this Odor Sepulchorum or yeah. whatever the name is, yep. that record is just like the pinnacle of death metal right there. And, um, yeah, and then the Spectral Voice came out with the guys and Blood Incantation. And Blood Incantation is a whole different genre. And they're all like, they all listen carefully. And I mean, all the offshoot, like offsprings and epigones of this band, they try to sound like Autopsy or Banished, but they can't pull it off. But the, all the bands that you named, they're like, this is straight up evil, dark fucking music. And if you take this and take out the death metal a bit more, and lean more towards like gothic music, then you have funeral doom. So I think that this genre might appear to a lot of people that are into this occult kind of death metal too. I actually saw Grave Miasma play in Brooklyn a number of years ago. Oh, I've never seen them. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, there used to be this festival. They, they just did it for a couple of years, actually. And, um, and it was uh, this guy would fly in all these bands like, that's actually the first time I, I, I saw a dead congregation. Like, I've seen them play twice. And you, Do you mean Stefan? Raduta? Like, is this the um, you know, it was, Stardust? It, no, Stardust? It was a different, nope. different festival. Because the, okay. the last time, uh, the, the last time uh, Dead Congregation came over, it was for his festival. That was, like, a couple of okay. years ago. But there yeah. was this thing called Martyr, Martyr Doom Festival. That, oh, I remember the name, seeing that. This, this guy... Uh, I think his name was like Vinny. He was the guy who put the um, put it out. He did this. He put, organized the shows, and he would fly in all these bands, you know. And like, I'm like, man, these are like awesome bands, but not very. Uh, they're not household names, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, so I'm like, I wonder how much money this guy's like losing on this because people showed up, but it wasn't like, you know, you you would have to cover all these expenses. I imagine was a pretty pretty significant amount of money. You know, yeah, but uh, but that's how I saw I saw um, Grave Miasma at this, and I was like, man, this is like right up my. This is exactly what I like, and it just revitalized my interest in in death metal once again because like I always yeah. have been a fan of of that genre, but I've you know sometimes it gets a little you know a little boring, and you want to check out other things, but uh, but yeah, that um, that particular record that o Odori Sepulchrum. Um, yeah, that's that's got that's like my favorite album by them. There's that song uh, Seven Coils. I think I've, oh, man. I've put that song on. I don't know how many playlists, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, they're, they're such a great band. Uh, I just Googled a flyer. Dead Congregation, Grave Miasma, Evoken, Cruciamentum played, and it's like a bunch of black metal bands. Yeah, that's but pretty much that's also like I saw like the other flies. Martyrdom 3 
one uh, mournful congregation was the headliner. So there you have it. Like I mean, it's black metal, death metal, and funeral doom are all in the same same genre. And I mean, we've got like festivals here too that cover this, and I, I think that's just cool. But like, it's not always the same thing. So it, it's it's it blends all these genres. And yeah, so maybe where we could we could open some eyes to this genre and people will give it another shot or like give it a chance at all. Let's talk about some of the essentials shall we say yes all right so if you narrow it down you want to have the origins then you have to of course we talked about into darkness by winter see your gothons from the heavens skepticism Stormcrow fleet they're all like 94 95 um there's a german band called ahab call of the wretched sea it's all about the whole leviathan like and moby dick story and i think for me, the quintessential, like my favorite funeral duel record is um, by a band called Asunder, and it's called the Cl- a Clarion Call. It's got um, got the guy from Weakling and the Spirit in the band, John Gossard, was his funeral doom band. And this to me is like, we talked about, uh, we talked about Grave Miasma. This is kind of the same thing in funeral doom. Super atmospheric great songwriting, unbelievable melodies and atmosphere. So if you like enjoy some of the stuff we talked about and uh, you say like, okay, I want to jump into this genre, maybe go for a clarion call by Asunder first. Right on, man. That's cool. That, that's a band we, um, yeah, we, we, we should have talked about them earlier too, because that's an American band. Yes, right. Yeah. So Ralph, I never ask you, where can people find you online? Like in the various, uh, you know, we got Ropes of Night, we got uh, Ulta, and we got your own personal, um, you know, connection points to people. So if people wanted to get in touch yeah. with you, check out your bands, where can, where can they find you? I mean, of course, like I, I manage the Ulta Facebook page and Instagram. So if people have that and write a mail there, you can contact me through this. Um, I mean, you like, to add me at uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. I tend to not post a lot of stuff on there anymore, but like I communicate through this. I mean, my name, Ralph Schmidt, is pretty common. It's the only one with a completely black photo. So <laughs> that's maybe me. Uh, and on Instagram, it's Ralph X against. Uh, where people can find me and uh, yeah man I always uh, I always love to get in touch with people if you want to drop me an email uh, and talk about the stuff that I could recommend or like European bands you're like looking out for or something it's uh, everythingmustbreak at gmail.com so yeah if people want to get in touch I'm always open to uh, talk write mails whatever right on Ralph thanks for joining us today yeah, thanks for doing this, and I hope like some people like find out some music that they're into now. That's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more, 
I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.